Tristusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. of Royal Ascot we've been watching day one today you guys may have even had two days of racing action before listening to this day one quick recap Charlie yeah I think disappointing day for us uh, not going to be disheartened obviously but a couple of the ones who we were strong on didn't didn't quite work out um, obviously Karibis winning as well was slightly surprised to see that though he was you know he did, it wasn't easy for him uh, so I think we got that right to an extent, but he still got the job done. Uh, I think Blackbeard was the big disappointment for me. I I was quite sweet on him. Uh, he looked to have a good chance, but but the winner was impressive and well done to Holly Doyle as well, of course, the, the winning most female jockey at Royal Ascot now. Yeah, it was a really impressive performance from Brad Sell. Uh, let's look ahead, though, to the Thursday where we have the big one, the Gold Cup where Stradivarius will bid to potentially end his career on a high. Uh, the Norfolk Stakes kicks off the card at 2.30, which is a five furlong contest. The Antarctic currently heads the market 15 to 8. Wallbank 5 to 2. Brave Nation for the Bells, sixes. Bakil for Andrew Balding, sevens. Pillow Talk 15 to 2. 12 to 1 bar those. Um, where do you see this one figuring? Yeah, so I think we mentioned off air that Aidan O'Brien hasn't necessarily had the best start to to Royal Ascot. I mean, uh, Blackbeard probably run ran slightly below form, though it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad result in fourth uh, for him. So maybe I'd be slightly concerned about the Antarctica's favourite here. I mean, he brings some good form into the book, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I probably want to look elsewhere given given the prices. Um, I've always been a fan of Pillow Talk. I think he he seems a talented horse and should be respected in this market. Uh, that the I'm I'm really impressed by that sort of Nottingham form uh, on, on debut, and then he went and won a competitive race at, at York, a listed race. But the one I land on here is Woolbank um, for the Ammo Racing Team, who obviously uh, would possibly be disappointed today with with the uh, Persian Persian force, but. We'll be looking to get on the cards with a two-year-old winner uh, in no time. And I think Wallbank definitely could be up there. Um, going back to that commentary, actually, the form of, of that result has sort of boosted the chances of of this horse, um, as well as another one in here, Redemption Time. Uh, it, it was a slight toss-up for me because, I mean, on the prices, I guess, Redemption Time's around 25 to 1 at the time of recording and is only 5 to 2. But the way I see it, I can't see redemption time uh, reversing the form on on that horse so i i would be keen to side with Woolbank here um he looked a very talented horse when winning by seven lengths at york um though he didn't beat that much but i think that still the manner of the result was encouraging and yeah i, I think uh, in this contest i'd i'd be i'd be likely to side with him yeah i i think i'd be joining you there with a uh, notable mention for for back who came through the same race that chipotle did last year when winning at the Royal Meeting. Um, is it too early to say that 
it looks like Great Britain have have dominance in this Royal Ascot. They won six out of the seven races on day one, with Australia taking one. Looks like Aidan O'Brien's horses really aren't turning up this year so far. They had Cleveland mm. beat as well. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually. I mean, we did mention on this podcast that, that Aidan wasn't necessarily in the best form going into Royal Ascot, um, as he perhaps has been in the past. You know, there's still time to go. It's day one. We can't really write. I mean, do you remember at Cheltenham? Obviously, um, I don't want to go back to the jumps, but like you know, at Cheltenham, um, the the English had a, the British had a great start, and then uh, the Irish sort of asserted their dominance. So it still remains to be seen whether that will be the case. But I don't know. Like there's 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 some good juvenile um, British horses. Yeah, um, I'm now going to eat my words as I tip up in the 305 Flying Dolphin for Johnny Murta. It really feels like this one has been potentially lined up for the race. On debut, came second behind Boundless Ocean, who had already had a run. Boundless Ocean rated 103 now, having run also in the uh, 2000 Guineas when admittedly not running that well when Caribus won, but still uh, boasts some good form. Then, most recently, a really convincing performance at, at Goran Park. I think that he's going to be quite a lot better than uh, that 92 mark suggests. With Colin Keane booked, who we know is one of the best jockeys in Ireland, I think that Flying Dolphin could be one for Murta. And you can just picture him afterwards, a sight of annoyance, saying, I love this game in the paddock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll move on from that. But... um yeah, just to add to that race, uh, well, I would first say, firstly say that three-year-old handicaps early on in the season don't tend to be my thing. Uh, there's not a lot of, lot of information to go on. I did, however, quite like the look of post-impressionist in this. Um, he has form ties, uh, a second-place finish to Eldar Eldorov, who runs on or runs tomorrow uh, on the Wednesday. Um, so if you're watching this, having already found out the result of, of that Eldor Eldorov race, then post-impressionist could be very much of interest if Eldor Eldorov Eldor, Eldor has gone on and won. The uh, the horse back in third that day as well in that Newcastle race against Eldor Eldorov um, is now rated 94, while uh, post-impressionist comes in here off a mark of 89. So definitely could be some um could be sort of well in on on the weights uh judged by that but uh i like your i like your line on the johnny murta horse so yeah uh, i i i probably probably side with you because you're usually good at this stuff yeah and the other thing i would add is that the current favorite newfoundland uh, was in that same race against boundless ocean and uh flying dolphin admittedly on debut and aiden o'brien's don't necessarily perform that well on debut but uh, was a well-beaten sixth that day. So the 20 to 1 price discrepancy uh, compared to Newfoundland sixes at the moment seems a bit too big. So I'm definitely going to have a nudge there. The 340, the Ribblesdale Group 2 for Phillies. Uh, always quite an exciting race, um, but clearly uh, disappointing absences. Um, sea Silk Road currently heads the market 13 to 8. Magical Lagoon. 16 to 5 with Betfair at the moment. Life of Dreams, 10 to 3. History 6s. And um, Macadamar, 15 to 2. Mystic Wells for George Bowie at 20s. Um, you have a little bit of a, a poke in this one, I think. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm not too keen on that favourite, Sea Silk Road. 
I think fans of the horse probably would have wanted that Goodwood run to have worked out a bit better. Um, she, or the second and third that day have both been beaten since. Uh, I don't think the rest of the horses have come out, but you know, it, it, it doesn't seem as strong that form. Um, I do, however, think that the form of Magical Lagoon is pretty strong. Um, she was only a short head behind Irish 1000 Guineas third, concert hall who we actually tipped up before on this podcast um for the oaks where she came fourth um they were both comfortably ahead of subsequent group three winner tranquil lady and uh the dual listed winner cared go deo not quite sure i'd say it it's good uh, enough for me say that name but yeah anyway um two good horses in behind that day um her pedigree uh, strongly suggests that she'll be suited to the one mile four uh this day and yeah i'm quite sweet on this one actually i think uh She's got some some good form in the book, and and she should run a really big racer. Well, that would be a huge win for uh, for Jesse Harrington. Let's move on then to the big one of the week, the Gold Cup. Kiprios for Aidan O'Brien seems to be the young gun with a lot of potential. Six to four favorite plugged in the market at the moment. Stradivarius second favorite, nine to four. True Shan, the soft ground king. Uh, who was glorious on a number of occasions last year, 9-2. Princess Zoe, who won here at Ascot just a few weeks ago, 7s. Mojo Star, 14s. Burning Victory, who weirdly was that horse that picked up the pieces when Goshen Mm. fell in the triumph a couple of years ago, 20s. Earl of the Cotswolds would be a huge win for Nigel Twist and Davies. And that stable, 33s. And the other ones, uh, I don't think we necessarily need to mention, apart from Alignac, who uh, Safi Osborne loves. And we told her that we love this horse as well. So we'll we'll give Alignac a a notable mention at the bottom of the market. Um, I'm uh, of the opinion that this could be Stradivarius's day. His final day in the sun. I I really hope so. I think for... For all racing fans out there, it would be a beautiful story for Stradivarius to to win his fourth Gold Cup, equaling that that record that Yates currently holds. And um, yeah, he's he's a real people's horse, so it would be wonderful to go see him win. And and look, the main reason for saying this, the Gosden Yard were usually they used to be very very uh, specific when it came to the ground that Stradivarius ran on. And last year they kind of just said hell, hell with that. We'll let him go on anything. Went to Longchamp on very soft ground, came second behind Trushan. That's really good form. October 2021. Ascot, Champions Day, again, was okay. Four lengths behind Trushan on softish ground at Ascot. When you look at his form on good to firm ground, last two runs, one at Doncaster, one at York, Ascot good to firm in April, one there. You know, you can go back through the book. Stradivarius does not miss when it's good to firm ground. And I think for all that Kiprios has the potential, Aidan O'Brien's horses aren't in great form. Trushan, I don't think, has the same kind of gear that he does when he's on soft ground. And we know how good the form of John and Thady Gosden is at the moment. I do think that Stradivarius has one more big run in him. He's also not going to get the traffic issues that he had last year when Subjectivist took the race. So I, I am, um, you know, a romantic when it comes to the sport and I'd love to see Stradivarius win, but I do think in terms of form, ground, jockey, trainer, uh, course, 
Stradivarius has got a great shout here. Yeah, I, I'd love to agree. And I do see a lot of your points. Um, I think sort of going back to the competitors in this, I think, yeah, ground's a massive concern for Trushan. A uh, different animal on soft ground and will almost certainly not be getting that ground um, today. If you've been in London today, you would have known that the weather's absolutely baking and um, that ground will be sort of drying up all the time. Um, so it, it'll be rattling at the moment. Um, Kiprios don't really understand the price. Uh, yeah, get it, new kid on the block, but he was 1-10 to 10 last time when he won by, you know, 10 lengths or whatever it was. Like, it wasn't a good race, <laughs> you know. He, he's not beaten much and, and uh, like, he's up against... Well, three horses actually in Trushan, um, Stradivarius and Princess Zoe who are all group one performers on the flat and then you've got to throw in that you know grade one performers over jumps as well um, so I would actually maybe side with a horse who finished in front of um, Stradivarius last year at, at Royal Ascot and that's Princess Zoe um, I think she also would, would appreciate the um, the fast ground um she's a winner over two mile four she won the pre de cadran um and was a winner on seasonal reappearance as well at ascot um i think stepping back up again in trip will, will, will suit her and uh she's sure to run a big race at, at, at what's a pretty decent price at eight to one i'd say but yeah uh, i couldn't agree more that trushan would be the most po- um sorry stradivarius would be the most popular winner on the day yeah uh it's interesting princess so i definitely think that is a a reasonably bold bold shout given her uh previous love for the for the mud um but you know given that she's won on, on good yeah, firm so i i i mean yeah i sorry i get that but she okay maybe she doesn't have a preference but she's recorded her highest ever rpr on on good to firm ground and that that was in this race last year behind subjectivist yeah she's also performed last time out on good to firm ground at ascot um, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't be saying that she can't act on this ground. Certainly, maybe Stradivarius thrives on this ground, and that's a fair point. But I still think at eight to one that she's she's a, a decent price. Yeah, she will also be getting the um the three pounds mare's allowance, which could tell in the final furlong. Uh, so Princess Zoe for you in the big one, Stradivarius for me. Five o'clock, the Britannia. This is when the uh, the big field handicaps get going. And I think that there are two bit further down the market. I love uh, King of Time. He he served me well at uh, at Newmarket that afternoon at the Guineas. I quite like Barley here for uh, Freddie and Martin Mead. I think that form, but uh, it beat when beating Post Impressionist, who runs on the um, Thursday. Thursday, yeah, I just took <laughs> will be another. Uh, potential form boost for this one and at 25 to ones you're you're definitely getting a, a shade of value there uh on reappearance this year was a close fifth behind maljum who um who ran well on day one and since then bali's performed very well including on good firm so i think 89 is probably a fair mark but thesis is the one that i'm really interested in having uh, come out this year on reappearance a close second behind my prospero when probably traveling better to the two furlong pole getting his head in front and then just fading late on the one worry is that he's not been winning races and he's been turned over at short odds the last twice first by Orwell, who seems a pretty good horse and then red rambler um 
who again could be anything for Sir Michael Stout. The big thing in the form for that one is that Mount Athos, who came fourth that day, has since come and absolutely bolted up uh, in a subsequent race at Thursk. So um, I think Thesis at 25 to 1, being as well a full brother to both Quadrilateral and Boardman, who are two great horses in their own right, I think uh, a Thesis with Ran Moore uh, booked could be an interesting one at a, at a big price in this. Yeah, I mean, much the same as as the King George. Really, I, I'd probably leave this to you, given it's a, another three year old handicap. But I would give a mention to Tranquil Knight um, around the top of the market. Um, he's in a high draw, and his win last time out at Newmarket has had subsequent winners uh, actually down to ninth place. So the form of that race is strong, um, and yeah, he could be he could run a big race. And then Atrium as well, uh, a horse with course and distance form, actually. Uh, two wins at Ascot, uh, one over the course and distance. Um, and he's he's trained by by a, a man in Charlie Fellows who's in really good form at the moment. Uh, he's had four wins from his last seven runners. So could be another one to watch out for. But again, I'd probably, if you're listening uh, and want a bet in this race, uh, which I'm not sure why you would, but um, I'd probably side with Tris on this one. Yeah, I think Thesis looks really interesting. 5.35, the Hampton Court, and it is the Queen's best chance of the week to get on the score sheet. We spoke to Nick Bell and had a great conversation about Reach for the Moon. And I think we were all in conclusion that this uh, horse should go and do the business. Was it once a, a, a derby hope for this year? When we were speaking on Sunday afternoon, uh, he was about 11 to 10. 11 to 8 maybe now 4 to 7 a very short price claymore sixes maxud sevens cresta eights uh it's not a particularly strong field for this group 3 no. uh do you think it's just as simple as reach for the moon should win and go on to to bigger and better things yeah i think he's possibly one of the strongest favorites of the week um with the exception of baid who has obviously already won um I think that, yeah, he, he was a talented juvenile, um, second in the Chesham at Royal Ascot, so has got course form. Uh, and then he won the Group 3 Solario Stakes at Sandown. Uh, it was a good return, a second behind my Prospero, um, who who now goes for the, uh, oh, sorry, who, who went uh, today in, in the Group 1 St. James's uh, Palace, who, who ran an, an all right race, not, not bad, actually. Um, and the team at, at that time said that reach for the moon would need the run so um you could take encouragement from that second i'd say um claymore is an interesting one but uh you'd be really concerned by that run in the in the poulain uh, over in france the french uh 2000 guineas he is 15 of uh 15th of 15 and with no obvious excuses um so that would be a massive concern for me though he did beat my prospero as a two-year-old um but yeah i think going back to it i think uh, Reach for Moon's a strong favourite and it would be fantastic to have a winner for the Queen. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, she won't be there in person, I doubt, given that she wasn't there for the first day, but I'm sure she'll be watching. So hopefully it'll be a winner for the Queen in the Platinum Jubilee year. This, the last card on the, the last race on the Thursday, sorry, is the 610, the Buckingham Palace Stakes. Another kind of minefield race over seven furlongs you've got quite a few horses coming in from that victoria cup and i think the one 
I've my hat's sort of fallen upon two of them, if that's possible. Uh, River Nymph, I think, given that run, maybe that was the one they were targeting him for. I don't know, but he was held up by Kirby uh, for for a long way and finished really strongly into third. Fafatino comes in here as the second favorite, eight to one, and River Nymph. I think you could you could definitely get a little bit more out of uh, at twenties off 102 the other one is ross golin and we know how shrewd the horse watchers are horses like rassel for example who won on the podcast at 12s the other day uh ross golin has been running in big class one black type races against the likes of alcohol free in the um the the bet 365 mile where actually if that had been run over seven furlongs ross Golan could have even won that day they were on level weights that was a really really good piece of form i think off 103 dropped down three pounds from 106 which he was uh off at the end of last season i think david omara could have another one he's already had one w- winner on the week with uh danny tardhope on board and I, I really do think that Ross Gollin's got a, g- a good chance to, to, to get very close here. Yeah, like it. Horse watches are very shrewd, and of course, noticeable that uh, same connections that won the last today in David Amara and Daddy Tudhope. So that's potentially a good sign as well. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that one to you. So um, yeah, Ross Gollin and, and and River Nymph happy with those picks. Uh, and yeah, that, that wraps it up, right? That does indeed wrap up the Thursday. Uh, I think we're feeling pretty confident about the Wednesday as well. I say that now. Uh, you guys, when you listen to this, probably will have just watched the racing. So either you'll be agreeing with us or you'll be angry with us. Um, anyway, that ties up the Thursday. We can leave that there. Good luck. Bet well. Stay safe. Oh, wait. Don't we want to do naps of the day? We, we've been doing that. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Do you, can you go first? I need to work out who, I, who I'm going to do. Yeah. My nap of the day is going to come, I think, in the Gold Cup. Stradivarius wins. <clears throat> nice. Easy as that. Uh, and mine will be in the Rilbersdale. I really like Magical Lagoon uh, in that one. I think she's a cut above the rest. And uh, Jesse Harrington's a class trainer. So she'll she'll have this one right on point for the for the race. Good luck to all. Um, Please read our column on Lunify as well. That's where we'll be giving our in-depth written analysis as well as you can even talk to us in the general conversation. So yeah, do jump in there, learn a bit about what they're doing. Decentralized betting is very, very interesting. Own a stake in the house. Get rid of those bookmakers. You can be the bookmaker while you gamble. I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, We'll leave that there for now. It's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye.